No, shut up, Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. Say hi <laughs> to Charlie Bear. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Charlie uh, is very upset, and Charlie also wants to Joel to talk about the swinger stuff. Um. Uh. Yeah, I got. No, that. No. <laughs> I am using two swing and steel, or no, three sing, swing and steel area three. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I must have confused. I make key parties. Anyway, let's get <laughs> to the show. Matt, a board member. It's nice to have a man on the board that can answer direct we, questions. That we can interrogate is what you mean. Sure, yeah, go ahead. No, that you'll ask, you'll answer questions and you're like, hey, yeah, we fucked up. Or even, you know, there's been times where Matt's fucked up and he just like, yeah, I made a mistake. He just says it, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. So he doesn't have a problem with that being an adult and everything. So some interesting stuff came out, Matt. Um, and I was hoping you could talk about, cause you've been, you've been, I, you haven't talked about this a whole lot publicly, but you've been trying to understand the financial piece of what's going on in USPSA. Yeah, so when I came on the board, that was the biggest mystery to me and the biggest thing that I had to get figured out. Like I had to come in, take in all their documents and see how they're processed and see everything. And then that started in September. So I've only seen financials from the board side from January until now. Okay. I don't I don't have access to anything before that except for the uh I think it was the 2020 like end of the year financials to compare really? it to the 2021. Oh, okay. So you don't have like a, a key now and you can go like you can see all the existing or past stuff? No. Matt, Matt, could I could I just tell you my general impression of the finances was uh like you know, because I don't I don't study the shit like you do. I just get an impression. I thought that USPSA had a, a fair amount of income, kind of spend up all the money on employees, basically, you know, more or less, and that they have a fairly sizable reserves and some sort of investment because they've, they've talked about buying property so uh, and stuff like that in the past. Yeah. So I feel like they, they have like a seven figure reserve in some sort of investment account. I mean, is that a pretty fair assessment of the finances. Yeah, that's fair. That's 100% fair. And so so I don't get in trouble from any board members that think I'm leaking privileged information. I'm going to the 2020 financial statement that was Oh man, you should hope those fucking dipshits try to get you in trouble for leaking oh. information. <laughs> so in 2020, the org had 1.66 million dollars in investments. And that's okay. from the, the financial statements. Okay. Um, and then Bruce Six said, you know, his whole objective was having the organization be financially healthy. That's what he seems to care about. Yep. So Bruce uh, was on the go fast, don't suck. He's financially healthy. So I was a little surprised where it seems to me like uh, based on the minutes that we saw come out, that was a impromptu like unscheduled was it an emergency board meeting you guys had there was a special board meeting which is basically an emergency board meeting so so okay so why is there an emergency meeting to have a discussion about i i have to i mean i read between the lines here on the minutes but they're talking about raising the dues raising the fees you know last changes made in the 90s which means they they just want to justify inflating the price when they don't understand that um everything about what they're doing has gotten cheaper to do over time 
Yeah. So the the emergency special meeting was called because we needed to discuss items on the deficit budget. So that was the one line item on the agenda. We we discussed the deficit budget and that that's on the minutes. So I could talk freely about that. We weren't in executive sessions or anything during these. So if you guys have questions on that. Um, well, can so this is the first year that you guys have had a deficit budget? No, not at all. The board voted the change so they could no longer have a requirement where they have to have a at least balanced budget or positive budget. That's worked out pretty well for every other institution that's tried it. So I don't know why to they have want a to negative make... budget over year over year. Why yes. would, why would that be awesome. allowed? Like, why does that even make sense? I don't. So maybe I'm too dumb to understand. This is the reasoning I've heard, and this is what makes sense to me: is if you have some catastrophic national or world emergency, you would have to have a negative budget, so a deficit budget, to get through that emergency. But they got PPP money in 2020 for COVID. Yes, I did. Yeah, hundred seventy-one thousand dollars. So that these budgets. So what's the, the it's like? So what's the issue? Did this just start when COVID started, or were they in the deficit before that? Um, I haven't been able to see anything back past that, like that far back. Gotcha. Okay. Oh well, did you ask Sherwin? And if you did, do you think he would tell you the truth? You I would have hope to answer that second one. Truth, <laughs> <laughs> I never asked, so like well, I, I I see the financial statements. I went through the board only financial statements that are different than what are put out publicly. There's a lot more details that go into them, and and I've being able to figure out what goes into the accounts, those big buckets, and able to figure like what that looked like in years past. So I don't need to go see the all the specific previous years beyond 2020 financial statements. I have a pretty good view because I went out, like wrote down all the figures, went through Excel documents, trying to figure out what went into what. So, so I could be educated on it and talk about it and know what questions asked in the meetings. All right. So my understanding is that Ted Ted Murphy does some sort of money running or not money running, but he, he has a budget or something at, at work. He I mean he's talked about this on the go fast don't suck thing. So I get the sense he understands sort of what's going on with the money. A lot of the other guys don't talk and I get the sense that Bruce Six uh doesn't know what day it is. So I mean my I mean what I'm saying is it looks like Ted Murphy has a pretty good idea what's going on money wise. I mean, was that, Ted, is that true? I think, yeah, I think Ted has a pretty good idea also, yeah. He, he, he asked very, very specific and very pointed questions that makes me think that he knows how to read the documents and sees what goes into them and what might not make sense that we get presented. Huh. Okay. Uh, so... so that's when does this budget as a as a deficit like what's the what's the plan to turn this around then because i have to think like their future forecasting it to change because obviously you can't just wait until you run it into the ground so well, other than just increasing dues like they have to start making money at some point right well raising the dues would increase the income and the revenue yeah. of the org. if so that's no just one like the fix I did not renew, right? Sure. So that is one thing they're looking at. So they're they're looking at reviewing have any numbers the membership been put dues, up? the activity fees. 
operational cuts, which that would be cutting expenses. Matt, have any uh, numbers on what those fees might look like then put out? No. I mean, there's people talking about them, but nothing is solid. I mean, in like my thoughts are we cannot raise activity fees no matter what because that goes straight to the clubs that run the matches and host the matches for USPSA. It, it goes straight against their bottom line. Yeah. And raising activity fees is a no-go in my book no matter what. When, why would they want to raise dues now instead of cut expenses? Like, I mean, we've, I, I, okay, this, speaking for myself here, I understand a little bit of uh, business to some degree, especially uh, doing the business. I, I mean, I view USPSA as like a remote, like an online business, I think essentially. Um, I don't understand how they're having a deficit budget quite frankly. Like, I, I don't understand it. Looking at their the fee structure, looking at the membership dues, looking at what they have to give back, well, what, like, what looking at what it? they have what to do. What would cause that? Well, it's my understanding the Nationals are a net loser um, for the organization and always have been, and that's known, whatever, but doing more and more numbers of Nationals that's going to make that situation worse because yes. you got to pay for the ROs to get there. That's that's the key thing, right? So people that's, bitch about the Nationals money. Honestly, what you're doing is the organization, if you look at the numbers, the organization is subsidizing or not. So they're paying for the ROs to travel there and to be put up there. That's really where that money's going to is to the ROs for those national matches. But yeah, the more that's national. The, that's the number one expense at Nationals is yeah. putting ROs up, travel, and then paying for them to use hotel rooms. Okay, so that's the way that is. And then the more number of events you have, the more, honestly, the more the more money you got to put in. And then the yes. other thing is they have a bunch of employees um, for USPSA. A lot, I'm reading a lot of comments online. People, some people saying they're over, they're you know overcompensated or heavily compensated. That's you know maybe that's the case for some of them. I know that Troy. What is, does Troy have two assistants now? Yes, he does. So Troy has two assistants, and they helped come up with really important stuff like the uh, popper calibration, calibration fix, fix that they worked yeah. on. So I can't help but think some of that money's being wasted too. And then these these guys are out there uh, traveling, uh, eating nice food and boozing too, also on USPSA's time, doing a lot of that. There's a lot of that going on that people don't want to talk about. That's my assessment. And again, Matt, you don't need to sign off on any of this. This is just what I see. What uh, don't the area match or don't the area directors or the, the board members, don't they get their match fees and travel comped like when they travel so the matches? None of the match fees are comped. All the all the directors and president, if they have to pay for a match fee, they they have to pay for that out of their pocket. That's not a reimbursable expense. Are is now, the travel covered? The travel within the area is covered, yes. And there's a budget on that. It's been put out there, so it's five thousand dollars a year. You could use that to travel around to local clubs within the area, sectional matches, state matches, and I, you probably can use it to travel to your area match if you're not the one running it. So um, gotcha. I'm not going to do that for Area 3. I built it into the budget for the match to cover my travel for that. So oh, It just seems like if I scroll social media, like I see, uh, I see, you know, like area directors constantly flying from match, making it a show of, uh, going from area match to area match or major match to major match, whatever, every single so weekend. So that, that, that's, that's, that that's not big dollars. money, though, is it? That's, that's cool. true. 
that five thousand dollars is only within your area. So if I went to okay. area six like I did a couple weeks ago, that's not covered by that budget. That's all on me. So I, I okay. paid for that trip, paid for the hotel. The match actually comped our entries, which was nice. Wasn't expected, but it was nice. I'll be okay. real. I don't have a problem with the area directors having some measure of travel budget to get around. So they can meet people, see what the fuck's going on. Well, and hopefully get like a pulse of what's going on. And that makes sense. I just didn't know to what extent. Like, I probably don't don't know enough of the ins and outs. So I was kind of curious to what extent or how that all works. All right. So, um, Matt, is there, well, let me read you. So there's, so there's a guy, I think he's a mutual friend, uh, Pat, who goes to the, uh, I mean, he was at the USBSA in-person meeting. He's an accountant. So I'm going to read you some stuff he put online because I thought it was, it was pointed. It was aggressive. It was insulting to the board personally. So I obviously really liked it. Uh, so I just want to read some of that for you. Uh, sorry to say fundamentally, and this is in response to the, the meeting minutes. Sorry to say, fundamentally, this is the result of a lack of internal controls, lack of the use of found, sound financial management systems, i.e. budgets, timely financial statements, et cetera, and the complete lack of informed understanding of financial reports, and generally lack of financial management knowledge by the board. I personally brought many financial issues, including the decline of net operating assets of the organization over the previous four years. And my prediction, hey, knock it off, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, sorry. Charlie. I don't think he said that part of it, but that, he did, no, like that was the... that was uh, directed at the. Uh, hey, knock it off! <laughs> He's trying to get at these shoes, and I think I might get killed if he actually does that. Um, so and you see, <laughs> uh, so he says there's been a decline of net operating assets of the organization over the previous four years, and my prediction of a continued decline to the board's attention. Uh, at the annual meeting of this year's nationals, my inquiries were met with dismissive attitudes and clearly a lack of knowledge and understanding about the interruption uh, of the organization's financial statements by the board and its management team. I believe the board has failed in this most basic fiduciary responsibility. And I should tell you, Matt, this is why I really liked this, because all these boomers talk about is my fiduciary duty. That's like everything is about money to them. And right. I find it delicious it's delicious to me it's a it's, it's one, one of the number one things that a board member right. has to do is do that properly i know but and, it's the stuff that they talk about it's the stuff they value it's what bruce six tells me is important you know what i mean they're always yeah they're always bitching about money um and I, I find it delicious that they're fucking that up you know what i mean it's awesome so i mean the stuff they don't care about obviously is <laughs> way worse anyway he says the financial management of the organization and the safeguarding of its financial assets uh, uh, is their most basic fiduciary duty. The membership should be demanding an immediate publication of timely financial statements and begin the process of demanding resignations of those board members most responsible in the financial decline of the organization over the past over the last four years. Individuals need to be held accountable. This board needs to be stopped before the senior leadership does any more damage. They continue to fail to see the unintended consequences of their actions. Please consider the qualifications of the individuals running for office. Set aside any prejudices and elect only the most capable and committed individuals. Get rid of the old guard and those who subscribe to their failed ideas. That's what he says. Um, I thought that was pretty awesome, Matt. I'm not going to lie. Spit and fire. Really dig it. What Definitely. Definitely. What's, uh, what's your read on that? So you you can't even say that this is true, though. I mean, because you can't see past what, 2020? I can't see past 2020. All I have is the other public financial statements that the org has put out before that. Like if we look at 2020 overall, 
like the org did go from roughly 3.4 million in assets to 3.8. Now, what was that? PPP loan was in there, so. Well, no, that would be their portfolio going up just with the market inflation. So it's going down now. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, the whole market's down, so. Yeah, so their, their, you know, their undeclared capital gains is the assets they're looking at there, right? The difference between that, those two numbers? Probably. Is that the question? Probably. I mean, the way, from what I've seen, it's not that, it's not just that. Like the oh, revenue is, is actually down. So yeah. obviously the PPP, the investment income took it up, so. Well, I saw a pretty spicy meme that I think uh, Insights put it out. I mean, you probably saw it. Um, it was about uh, how, hey, we hire a DIA, we have a $100,000 marketing budget, and then what do we get for that? Oh, it's, I'll make you a trade, $100,000 marketing budget for negative seven members. Is that accurate? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, anybody <laughs> could see this. It's right here. It's literally like <laughs> 2020 expenses, advertising, 98,354. <laughs> Year before that, 2019, 93, 421. So. <laughs> Where does that go? Where are they advertising? Do you know? So I've done, I looked it up. It goes into three things. It goes into area marketing budget, which would be the uh, area director can allocate some of his budget, his $5,000 to pay for RO classes or something like that within their area. If that's a new club's cool. starting up, they could do that. And that's super small. The other thing is it can go, it goes <laughs> to like giveaway stuff. So new member packets come in, they get a, a patch, a badge, or whatever comes in that packet every year and, and the annual magazine. So all that goes to that. And then the other is the uh, paying for production, a production company to cover matches and do videos for them. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, like, I think people like the the Nationals live streaming. That's not Nationals back. live streaming. Oh, that's not that. What is it? No, it's uh, professionally produced. So we're talking Shooting USA? I mean, I don't know if I can really say that right now. So. Okay, shit, okay. I don't know. But who else professionally produces videos? and? I don't think Shooting USA was something I would matches. really call professional, but sure. Yeah. Um, Joel, I'm sure you have questions. You should, uh, time to hammer Hopkins, you know? I so don't have no questions come to mind. You're such a tool. <laughs> Actually, Joel, you're a tool. Uh-huh, I need that. hammer, specifically. Uh-huh. <laughs> miss you already, Ben. I miss you too, Joel. It's good to see you. <laughs> we did uh, have an excellent weekend. Yeah, did you have anything else to say, Mr. Hoppy Cakes, about the, uh, budget stuff? I mean, what should... Okay, how about this? When Pat says, hey, the members should be demanding um, disclosure of what, what's going on and personal accountability. Where do, what do you think about that? Is that, is that uh, see out of bounds or what do you think? No, I think they for sure. I think, I think members should hold everybody accountable no matter when it happens or yeah. what happens. The, the problem is putting 
the financial mismanagement of the board onto the members at this point. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, deficit budget means something, right? Well, okay. So in my view, I think I said like months ago, many months ago, on this very piece of shit show, I said, hey, there's no way. Like with this business model, like you are fucking up big time if you're not making money. So here's an example real quick. 2019, best year we ever had. The salary and wages, which is the biggest expense to the organization, was 39% of the revenue. 39% of the total expenses. Now, in 2020, which was pretty much the worst year in a long time because of COVID, it was 46%. (laughs) <laughs> uh, they did go down in and benefits went up also during a not like a worldwide pandemic where all the activity and everything was down so they're spending too much money on employees and it sounds like they're having too many national matches they're wasting money on advertising that isn't effective and doesn't do anything so I think it's debatable. I think shooting USA is probably the number one thing that brings people into the sport. Sure. Now, and also let's let's talk about that net negative seven number, right? So the org turns over members every year, a certain number. It's back. It's actually every month. So you'll see the numbers go up and down, and that's based on annual members, three or five years that renew based at at in that month. Now, if that member doesn't renew and we bring another person, someone new comes in during that month, then they would, that would be a net equal, right? So in effect, that advertising did bring in like four or 5,000 people, but the organization also lost and failed to retain those same four or 5,000 people. So you like, you could look at it and say it did work. That advertising brought those people in. Now, did the organization fail because we failed to retain those 5,000 that left? That's another question. <laughs> That's one way of looking at it, Matt. I don't know why anybody be leaving the organization right now. It's super boss, right? It's, it's pretty good. I have fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. There's definitely no issues, though, that would annoy anybody. <laughs> None that I can think of off the top of my head. None that I can think of. Well, Matt, um, anything else to say about this topic? No. Uh, one, the biggest thing to say is if you if you don't think the activity fees should be raised or the dues should be raised, like talk to your area director. I've had clubs already within Area Three talk to me and said it's a like it's not sustainable to raise activity fees at all. Well, yeah, and that's the me, stance I'm going to take. That look, fee is going to get passed on it, to the member. Here's here's my read, Matt. Tell me what you think activity about. fees. There's no way, there's no way for them to be raised. If if the fees need to go yeah. up, or you know the the members the membership dues whatever, if it needs to go up, it needs to go up. But having it go up because the board's fucking up and mismanaging what they got, that's not acceptable. It's not. I agree. I 100% it's not acceptable agree. to anyone. Yeah. And the only reason, like. But I'm me looking at this hand to heart. The only reason I can see that they they want to raise membership dues or, or, or activity fees is because they don't know how to they don't know how to run shit financially. They don't even understand how to run 
run it like, you know, run it like a business. They always say they clearly don't know shit about that at all. They're running it like Spirit Airlines or something. They're probably still profitable. <laughs> Sorry. All right, Joel, uh, let's move on. Time for us to interrogate you. Okay. I want to talk about your tools of uh, management tools. I mean, uh, how you ran uh, training group summit over the weekend. You just can't help yourself. Can you Ben? I could help myself. I kind of choose not to. <laughs> you choose not to. <laughs> so seriously, uh, training summit happened over the weekend. It was a lot of fun. I had a good time anyway. Oh, for sure. I think everybody did. So we made some changes this year. Yes. Well, I should say Joel made some changes. Indeed, I did. I was actually just going to the thread because I've already been asking people for feedback. Um, so the main difference was in the past, it was two year blocks with one instructor and we'd have oh, two hour of blocks, not two years. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, no, I, you could do two years, but that'd be how tough the to cost would go up a uh, two hour block with one instructor. There's four of those in a day. Instead, we changed this year to having uh, two three hour blocks with two instructors. And that was kind of fun. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. The pairings were intentionally done to kind of pick deep. Well, we talked about the previous so pick uh, people that talk about things differently or have different methods of attack. Well, yeah, like I, yeah, like I paired up well with Andreas. I yes. wanted I wanted Malin with me for the visualization block because he really made big strides over that year. You wanted we wanted Rob and Wansky together because they're both a little uh, artistic, you might say. Mm -hmm. You know, indeed so they we, are. They are very artistic, mm -hmm. those two. And they're good to get, they're actually good together. So, you know, and it was actually good. There's there's some guy, some guy walked away from every block I heard. Like one dude who needed it. Honestly, he needed it. The visualization mm -hmm. block was all about simplification. Like we got to simplify, we got to put your brain on the right job for for the moment. We got to uh manifest your your capacity, is what Brian Brian Enos calls it. And that was what that that was what that guy needed. He walked away. He's like, "Hey, man, this was, a, this, was, this was the best block of instruction I've ever had in my life," and it was what he needed. Another guy walked away from from Juansic and Rob the color based shooting block. He's like, "Hey, I I finally I understand confirmation too. I get it. I really get it now." Hmm? So it worked pretty well. I thought. I thought it, that was a good idea. That whoever it was who had that idea will be a mystery. I will never know. That was Ben's idea. What? It was your idea. I said we need to mix it up this year. What are we gonna do? And he said, "Well." got an idea i don't know if you're gonna love it i'm like no no that's fine what do you got <laughs> well this is this is to say because you were a little bit in panic mode because the event was could not be the same as the last two years due to the number of people attending and uh where we put the venue and, and the all venue. that i mean it was and just honestly, kind of late I, it was late the way it came together so it couldn't have been done the same way and i don't want it just to be a 2.0 or a 3.0 every year because that would kind of be lame and i wouldn't i wouldn't want to go to that yeah so it was so, like hey let's try this the other thing I really liked was when you have two instructors, one person can kind of, if you have somebody that's just like, they're not getting it, uh, you know, like I can't, I won't, I don't know, I don't understand, whatever, you can have one person kind of dig in with that person, you know, and help them get it while the other instructor continues to teach the class. Whereas, I mean, Ben, you know the drill well, if you have an open enrollment class and it's 12 people, you have to train, you know, teach to the entire group. And obviously if people have questions, you answer that question for the whole group. But I mean, Ben, if you have a, you have a, a two day class, you can't step aside with one person for 30 minutes to go to a different bay and work. Like it, it doesn't work that way. You have to keep 
working with the whole group. So with this, no, it, no it that's awesome. one bit of feedback I get is that people are very happy that I do not do that. <laughs> yes, they don't because like I feel like out. they do that in pretty much every class. Is they just like laser in on the 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 you know whatever the low hanging fruit of the group. Possibly witnessed that before. Yeah. 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 So anyway, this way, if somebody had questions like, hey, I don't get it. Would you explain it to me? You could do that. But you could still continue to teach, you know, the other person could teach the whole class, which I think was good. Um, yeah. And then absolutely. a longer lunch break this year. So you could make your own fun or you could leave for lunch. You could hang out. Uh, I kind of felt bad. Old Professor Kim, he is everyone wants to talk to Kim, you know, like, hey, would you watch my grip? I don't understand. Uh I mean, no. any of it, confirmation, recall management, any of the drills. They find the other personalities more intimidating, I think. Professor is very welcoming. Yeah, <laughs> Every, well, let's real talk. Everybody likes Kim. He's just so friendly. But yeah, Dude, if so you anyway. don't like him, there's something fundamentally wrong with you as a human being, I think. Like, I'm, it's, it'd be like somebody who just like, hey, I don't like dogs. It's like, well, OK, I'm just suspicious of you that you, know, <laughs> you might be a murderer or a kid fucker or something. If you're, Joel, you know, easy. Do you like dogs? I like dogs just fine as long as they're not tearing up my house. If they're tearing up somebody else's house, it's totally fine. No, Joel, Joel's just OCD about his own stuff. He he, he likes dogs just well, fine. And I'm not responsible. I don't, I'm not responsible enough to have pets. But that's besides the point. Well, that may be true. Yeah. So anyway, the format changed. The other thing that was, I think, a big net win was we had group dinners on, what, Friday night and Saturday night? Yeah, great so idea, actually. My, yeah, special lady friend and I went to some different restaurants, uh, found places that were willing to host like a party of 30 people plus uh, that, you know, without like putting it all in one ticket or charging us some crazy amount. So anyway, uh, restaurants with food, I would say not bland, but food with uh, not super specific foods, like not everybody's going to like sushi or some. So this was stuff that Bob Vogel would eat. <laughs> stuff that about anybody would like. So that's what I'm saying. Okay. So anyway, intentionally picked restaurants that we thought would have a wide variety of food that anyone would want to eat at. And I think that was really good. You know, like, real talk, this, the food industry, like the service industry is a little bit slow, but that ended up being a good thing because everyone got to sit around and chit chat, you know, with other with other uh, training group members. So it's not like you just wanted to smash your food and run anyway. So, yeah, I think that was good. Well, guys, yeah, it was good. Guys, I think that was a cracker of an episode, a little bit different. So we had, uh, you know, got to shit on the BOCs a little bit and then talk about Training Group Summit, a real bang-up episode. And tell everyone how much fun we had that they didn't get to we have. We missed Kim. He wasn't able to call them North Koreans anymore. <laughs> what? Kim oh, was call North Koreans. That was like, I listened to him compare. Remember that when he compared, like, yeah, so in North Korea, they went with this philosophy. And in South Korea, they went with this philosophy. And I feel like the boards, their philosophy is like the North Korean philosophy. And I was like, Jesus, dude. <laughs> that was I just awesome. enjoy that guy so much. I dropped him off at the airport yesterday because he stayed with me all weekend. And uh, I was already, like, just leaving the airport. I'm like, man, I'm going to miss that guy. He's just super positive. He really lights up your whole day, doesn't he? He's just a good dude. You should just call me every day, Joel. I'll, you know, hope you feel good about yourself. Yeah, that you do. All right, well, guys, a real bang-up episode. Listeners, if you have questions you'd like the answer to, go to bensicker.com, email me, send me your question. We'll probably put it on, especially if it's uh, – if it gives me an excuse to hammer the board, you know, we'll do it for sure. <laughs>